What's up, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode. On today's show, we have my friend Noel Tran. He is, I call him the infamous Noel Tran. He's a worldwide paintball traveler, been in the game a long time. Uh, he's been you know, through, through all the divisions. He's coached a pro team. Um, and right now, he is running something called the Great State Tournament out of uh, Connecticut. And I brought him on today just to talk a little bit about that. And we kind of veer off, you know, of course, the bit because I didn't really know what he did in his in his day job. And he actually works in a, in a laboratory and he was dealing with the coronavirus. So we spoke about that for a pretty good chunk of time, uh, maybe too much time, maybe not. But uh, I think it was a pretty interesting conversation and what he's trying to do with this event uh, last year, this year and moving forward, I think is really interesting. And I think it's a great concept because we used to have, you know, the, the East versus West All-Star game. They don't really have that anymore. So this is kind of a cool new thing that can be done, um, I think, to kind of bring something like that back. Um, You know, it won't be East versus West, State versus State. But uh, anyway, I think it's a good conversation. So shout out to all of our sponsors. We got Dai, Ninja, Valken, uh, New Balance. We're actually heading to level up this weekend. I'm actually going to be on a plane here shortly to fly in for two-day practice. We have the practice this weekend, then the Great State Tournament, then the Pro Invitational practice and event. Um, there are going to be some more teams there than the last one. It is being advertised on Go Sports. I do not know if it'll be free to watch or if you have to have the subscription, if they're going to do it on Facebook, if they're going to do some of it free, some of it paid for. Uh, nobody knows, but you know, excited for them to come out. I think that'll be a really fun time. And then we'll, you know, we'll be prepping for World Cup that's still you know, supposed to be going on. So without further ado, please welcome Noel Tran. Noel, we're live. What's going on, man? Not uh, just chilling on a Monday night, watching some basketball. Oh yeah. You're not watching this uh, go sports ultimate shootout on Facebook. No, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen some of it and it's pretty good. Actually. I enjoy it. I like that. And the, the HK one. Yeah, I actually haven't watched any of the HK1. Um, I've only seen these Ultimate Shootouts. I keep meaning to click on them, but for some reason, I just feel like they'll be a lot more boring than these Ultimate Shootout ones. I think they're pretty cool because um, the, you have to kind of get closer. You get more points. So it's like you can't just like stay back, really, if you're losing. But, In the I mean, HK1? Yeah. So they're based on like the farther you are, the less points you get or something like that. So let's say like, you're, you're bunker to bunker. Get like three points or something like that. Dang, maybe I'll tune in. I have not tuned in to a single one, but um, yeah, right now I'm watching Clint Johnson and Mark Johnson go at it. Do you know are these guys related? I know they both play with AC Dallas or Diesel. Uh, definitely, Sorry. definitely not. Okay, there's just a lot of Johnsons out there, I guess. Yeah, um, dude, it's crazy. You know, I was thinking the last time I saw you, I think was pre Vegas at Matt's Outback. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god, it was that long ago, huh? I think so, man. Because it, <laughs> it was like me, you, Harrison Fry, Greg, um, Hrostek, and I think Josh from like not NYX. We had like a line going, and we were just on the top side of the hill. And this this was before the season. We were just playing points. And, oh my god, uh, you're right. Yeah, that's the last time I've seen you. Yeah, and I think Keith of it was there. Yeah, it was that was a great line. We had, I had a ton of fun, but it, man, yeah, I haven't been back everybody to else. Yeah, it really did suck to be anyone else <laughs> playing against us that day. Um, but yeah, I haven't been back to Matt's Outback since, just because you know the Corona and 
there's been really no tournament paintball for me. But what have you been up to? I have been there a lot now. That's I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm coaching a D4 team out of there right now. So I'm doing that, and then like the wreckage guys, okay. they're wrapping the events. But that's like my big thing. I've been doing like a it was like a, my project thing this year was to like just try to get a group of people that want to play a bunch of paintball and try to just coach them and see what happens and just try to get them to be better, whatever that means. They could come last place in every tournament or they come in first place, but just see if they'll get better if they just play a lot, right? And people that are like just interested in playing. Nice. So you assembled a completely new team this year. Yeah. So um, basically, I think maybe it was like February I did it. I just did like tryouts where I was like, hey, I'm just trying to get 10 guys. I'm going to do tryouts and just see like what kind of 10 guys want to play paintball and then just coach them up and just be like, hey, my goal is just to see if I can make you guys better and just get people that are passionate that want to play a lot. And I got like 40 people interested. And then as you know, if anything, like <laughs> seven people came. So I was like, well, you're all, you're all in. You're right. <laughs> taking everyone. So today we're, today's practice. <laughs> we were starting now. Hell yeah. So are you guys the Noel Tran All-Stars? Is that the official team name? Or what did you guys end up going for the name? Well, I, I don't care about names and all that. So like I let them choose it and they end up choosing Phoenix. Okay. That was kind of lame, but. Yeah, that's all right. Are you guys playing the, uh, the OPS? I, pr- I prefer the Wildcats all the time like yeah. college teams <laughs> but um yeah so we're playing the ops we're actually now the name changed to power two so power is the main field team okay and then because of coronavirus i was actually gonna like stop coaching this team because i was working so much that i just didn't know what my schedule is gonna be like so i was working my normal weekdays and then like sometimes i'd be called in for the weekend so i wasn't even sure what i could do so i tried to find i was like i didn't want to leave them hanging completely so i was like I thought they could align themselves with the field team at least. Makes sense. Yeah, so we did that. And then I've been freed up because things have gotten, getting, gotten a lot better at work. So I've been able to actually coach them like a lot this year. Nice. What do you do for your day job? Um, I work in a lab. So basically, oh. yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus central. <laughs> so actually, yeah. So we actually picked up a project for, which is why I was like working a lot. So like not only like because people were opting out of working. Or just couldn't go to work because of the virus. We took on a project to um, supply like transport mediums for COVID testing, and then that kind of changed up like what we were doing at work a lot. What is a transport medium for COVID testing? Is that what you would contain like a vial of the virus in? Is like the medium around that? Um. So I actually don't know because I didn't have to do that part. I just had to continue doing my job, but with like a limited number of people from my department. They pulled other people to work on this. So basically what is think, your job? <laughs> hmm? um, what is your so, job? <laughs> uh, like, so we do like diagnostic testing for, so I work in like, it's basically food, uh, dairy, grain industry. We do diagnostic testing. So mainly our main work is like, so dairy products, so milk, like 75% of the milk in the world, like through like the farms and stuff, they use our tests to determine whether the milk is safe for like distribution and use and all that. So then it works basically like a pregnancy test, put some milk on it, positive, negative. So good or bad. That's, I did not know you were a scientist, man. That's impressive. Right. I was just, I'm, I'm usually known as the internet troll. 
yeah, I didn't realize this would be such a high level conversation. It's like, you know, bringing the doctors onto the show to tell you about the coronavirus. So how, I guess, what are your views on that being in the lab space? How has that obviously has affected your work-life balance? Um, what else is going on with that? I mean, so early on, right, we actually had several people that got COVID at work. So our company has like 300 plus people. Someone got it. Like several people got it, got tested for it, got it. And then I think like 70% of the people at work were like either unable or opted out from working due to it. So then that's basically what happened there. We're actually, we're, we're pretty much like at normal night and we have to, because of the work we do with the food industry, yeah. we have to like just continue working. That makes sense. Um, were you guys affected? So in Boston, there was that Biogen conference that had a huge negative effect on the city of Boston. Were you guys involved in that at all? Like in attendance in any way? No, but I mean, I remember reading about that. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a big deal. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a wild, dude. I mean, just today, um, obviously, you know, you play in Europe. Just today, the Spain event was canceled. We're actually in the same group, right? The Druids Americanos. Yeah, yeah, I was the one that actually like posted that. I mean, I'm sure people saw it before, but I posted up in there about that. Oh, yeah, I see it right here, 418 p.m., old Tran. Spain's canceled. <laughs> um that's crazy, but not surprising, to be honest. And uh, in my conversation with Dave over the weekend, he thinks that, you know, he said World Cup's on 100%, um, but it's just going to be in a different form. Now, obviously, Spain's in a different spot. Europe's in a different spot. The cases, according to this press release, seem to be upticking. Um, and they basically have just made the season opener for next year, uh, which is pretty crazy. I mean... It's yeah, kind of unheard of. Did they? They didn't even have a single event, did they? No, not one. No European events. Wow. Oh, because Spain. Yeah, cause Spain was the first event. It's supposed to be the first yeah. event this year. Oh my god. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's unprecedented times. Um, but there is still paintball going on. You got the ultimate shootout. We have a pro invitational coming up in September. Um. I've also been doing some coaching myself. I coach a D4 team out of uh, Boston Paintball. Well, they're they're technically called AG, which I think is out of New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So I know where that is, yeah. Yeah, I actually haven't been to that field, but they come down to Boston Paintball, and I coach them there. We just got third place at the event this weekend. Um, so it's, it's been pretty fun because I haven't been playing, so I've just been coaching, and I've actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, my, guy, my guys have been great. Like I said, I was lucky enough I got – Basically, like the everyone that went to tryouts, they I took them all in, and then some people decided to kind of like they weren't like after like a practice or two they like, weren't really interested in it. So I was like, I get like I said, oh really? That's that I mean that's the whole point is just finding people who like wanted to be invested in this, right? And then we yeah. randomly started filtering other people that said they were interested, and we just literally just taking anybody that came in. So I, it's basically a throw together team, right? Yeah, and it's actually worked out really well. We came in second place the first two tournaments we played. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And the first one that we played, like one of the kids, we're playing D4X ball. One of the kids was his first tournament ever. I didn't even know that. So he was always, but he was like, he, he, like, I put him in like the center. I was like, man, he looks really scared up there. And like, in practice, he looked (laughs) fine. Like, by the end of the tournament, like, I was like, he's he's playing awful up there. He's like, he's great in practice. And then by the end of it, when we came second place, like, can you believe that was my first tournament? I was like, Oh, that makes way more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. tossed you up in like the worst spot on the field for someone that's like new. 
yeah, as close to the enemy as possible. No yeah. room for error. <laughs> yeah, these guys I'm coaching, this was their first X-Ball event this year. We got fourth place. And then the second event, uh, they won first place. In the third event, we got third place. We lost by one point in the semifinals. Um, the two kids just didn't cross up. And, it, you know, that's just like D4X. Like, you don't know. Like, you're in a down-body situation. You got to hunker down. Yeah. You got you to gotta cross it up. And they just um, – but, you know, it's part of the coaching is you're teaching them – the situations of the game and they won't make that mistake again, I bet. And, you know, they'll, they'll do better the next event. Or they'll just make it a lot. Cause that's what we all do. We just continue to make these mistakes and be surprised that we're making them. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. Um, but you have another event coming up and it's happening in September. It's the great state tournament. Uh, there are nine teams. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Tell the people a little bit about that um, to promote this event going on. So you're making paintball happen during the COVID. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I wasn't really planning to do it again this year because of how everything was getting canceled. And like once the locally, like locally start changing the schedules around, I was like, oh, I don't know if I have time to do this and with work <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So like I originally wanted to do like in July. That's why we did it last year. I think July, end of July or something like that. But then people wanted to do it. So I was like, you know, let's 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 go for it. Let's let's see what we can do. And just push to September and see who's interested. I would have like tried to get more teams to play, but because of how things got pushed back and stuff, I didn't really try to try to like just find teams to play because it's a lot of work to do that right now. Right. Yeah. But um originally, so a couple of years ago, since I don't really play so much anymore, I was kinda like, you know what? I think this would just be a fun idea. So yeah, last year. I end up being like, let's let's try to do this. Let's just make a tournament. All the teams that are playing are just based out of a state. So like you had to either be I decided to just be born in the state or live in the state currently, just to see if I can get people to do it. Cause I didn't know if anyone would be interested. You know, because like sometimes you just want to play with your friends. You don't like right. I don't I don't know who's gonna pull these teams together. I just have no idea if it's gonna work or not. But anyways, yeah, so I just had the rules like born there or live there and then i had to when i made sure for each team i want to find someone that's going to run a team that's definitely going to put a team in no matter what the situation is if they can't just get their guys they'll they'll figure out they'll get somebody because there's people that play in every state and there might not be everyone they want and that's just the luck of the draw because that's your state you know like when you you play the olympics right like yeah the u.s and russia and china are always gonna be like the best at whatever right and then if you're from like trinidad or something like that well you're gonna have like you're gonna, be, you're gonna do terrible, but you gotta represent your country. <laughs> you just don't have like the pool of people, right? Pool of talent. Yeah. It is what it is. Like teams like, like here, Rhode Island, they're not gonna have the talent pool that like Mass or Connecticut has. It just is what it is. So I need to and make the, sure the Massachusetts team. I don't know if you know who's on it. The Massachusetts team is nasty. We're coming for the gold. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year was supposed to be nasty too, but they some of the people didn't make it to the field. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen because yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the roster I was texted was, it's not, uh, they're all my friends. So I'm like, this will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. Cause we just, uh, I'm still watching this uh, one-on-one shootout and they just advertised that um, invitational that's going on in Columbus. So this, your tournament is the weekend before that invitational. So it'd be good to get kind of a practice in before the the proactus, you know, invitational going on. Um, yeah. So you, you started the event. You're trying to get teams from state, you know, 
Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I just first I made sure it's like every every state I chose. First I chose someone I trusted that would make a team, and then after that I was like, you know, I wanted like I wanted rules where it's like, hey, you need to all your players got to come through like a tryout. So like you're selecting them through like some kind of selection process. And then I was like, you know, I, I can't trust people to do that, and I can't like <laughs> oversee that, right? So I was like, you know, choose a team any way you want. I don't care. Pick your friends. Yeah, just make sure they're the state. I didn't go to any tryout. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's, it's a lot of work. And I was like, you know, at first year, I just want to make sure there's teams. I don't care how you do it anymore. All right, so we did that. We got um, eight teams. So what, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maryland, Maine. So, yeah, all the New England states plus Maryland, New York, New Jersey, and not Vermont because I couldn't find anyone that could even get five right. guys together. Is that is that this year or this was the first year? This was last year. year. Last year, okay. Yeah. And then basically, I just wanted to be fun, so I did. Op- I did all open, and so the pretty much like teams like New York, they just it's just New York Extreme. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah, Mass was mostly one. It's supposed to be one eight seven guys, but we had a big. Uh, we usually have like an annual party, and it was the night before the event, so Ooh. just people just didn't make it. Was that was that at Pat O'Brien's house? I feel like I, last time I was with you, you're going over to Pat's house, but I don't think that was the same. No, time. no, no. It was at uh, Max's house. Okay. But um, yeah. So, anyways, I wanted to make the tournament like just those are rules of state, and it gets people to kind of play together that haven't really gone to play together. That especially like high level guys too, that are like playing on different teams, and it kind of just gets you to play with different people you haven't to because you just have no choice. And it also it gives an opportunity for like pro guys to play because you can only play so many tournaments nowadays. Once you right. reach, like you, like you just became a pro, so even when you're playing D one or semi pro. You're limited to what you can play. Now yeah. you're really limited to what you can play. Yeah, I've been ranked out of divisional events for a couple of years now, which is kind of a bummer because um, I don't know if you know Will McLean from Preferred Mob. He's like uh, playing D3X and just playing locally. And it's like, man, it would have been fun, you know, a year or two ago to be able to play just like a random MSXL or NEPL. But uh, once you get so high ranked, you can't play anything less than D2. And that's yeah. only national. Yeah. It, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, I don't makes know the sense. right answer for to make it better or not. I mean, everyone just wants to play. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes the most sense. I I think the ranking system is fine. Uh, I think it's smart to have players rank out of divisions because you need new players and you don't want them to get beat up or bullied and like in D four. You don't want you don't want a pro playing against D four kids in a local event. That's just no fun for any of those kids. And then they'll quit. So they'll say, "Well, what's the point of this if a bunch of pros are going to be in here and." So I think the ranking system, as you climb and get ranked out of divisions, makes complete sense. Yeah. The only hard part is just, like, once you get out of, like, that local level play is to consistently be able to play, like, that national level because of just the cost of everything. Yep. Yeah, the cost does climb as you climb the ranks. That's uh, People think maybe it doesn't. Maybe you get more sponsors, but the cost will always climb as you climb. You get more sponsors, but you got to play more. (laughs) play way more. Um, yeah, so we yeah. just want to make a fun tournament, state tournament, see how it goes, see if people enjoy it. I did it basically Euro style, 10 minutes, four point mercy, 30 seconds between points. And I tell the refs to be a little more lenient on the rules as far as like, you know what, let people overshoot each other a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, if people are just like playing on, playing on, whatever, but let's, let's let them kind of like play like adults now. Let's not like be too, too hard on them unless they're like being like really obnoxious and bad. Like, let people talk shit. Don't, like, you don't need, like, 
we don't need to like pull like unsportsmanlike for people just like jawing at each other. Let's make it like fun. Right. That's good because now I can overshoot NYX now that I have your permission on this yeah. podcast <laughs> to overshoot the shit out of them. <laughs> and they'll be able to do it to you too. Yeah. And I, well, they were going to do it anyway. So. <laughs> I mean, to be fair too, I mean, Thomas, Thomas and Harris were getting out of each other. So Thomas on, so you're playing on a mass, right? Yeah, I'm on the match. Yeah, so Thomas last year was getting out of Harris, and then there was a point where I thought Thomas almost lost an eye. <laughs> oh, really? He got shot underneath his mask. Oh, God. <laughs> but he didn't, so he's good. He just, I think he just left with like a black eye. Yeah, I, I don't really know him too too well, but I did hit him up because I originally hit up Dave Painter. Uh, it said he was running, so I was texting him. I was like, hey, can I get on? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then he texted me last week and said, oh, man, Tony's running it now. So I just, you know, hit him up and he's like, oh yeah, it's still fine. I guess we have nine, possibly 11. Um, I don't know if the roster's public, so I don't know if I should give it out or if we're coming in kind of a sneak attack or kind of what the deal is with that because I haven't really I mean, talked to too many people yeah. about it. It's eventually going to be up. I know I know who's on it. It's going to be up there. I don't know if he's trying to keep it a secret or not either. You can do whatever you want with that. Well, if it's going to get posted, uh, I can tell you the main players. So it's, it's me, Mantoni, Harrison Fry, um, Max Trailer, Eddie Painter, and I think Jerule is going to be on it as well. So I feel like there was more people. I don't have it in front of me, but we have at least six pros. You know, so we're going to go against NYX. They're going to have a full line of pros as well. So I think that those will be some good games. Yeah, no, I know NYX saw that roster. NYX has their guys plus like Frank Antomaso from Revo and Keith Brown. Keith so. Brown? <laughs> yeah, because so I guess was he, he was born in New I York. I guess he was born in New York. Okay, <laughs> so I don't know if they're, they're flying him okay. up. Or he's gonna be up. I don't know if they're flying him up or he's just gonna be up there. Yeah, so we got Rosati and Benny Carroll as well, and Steve Schloss from the Hurricanes. But I'll tell you what, uh, because of the format too, and it's a blind layout. Like last event, the first event, whatever, you'll find like it. It's it's not easy. You can have a good team. It's just it's gonna be a tough tournament no matter what. Like Maine. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Maine and Reliant comes out with like kind of the weaker teams, and I think Maine came in like third or fourth last year. What do you by weaker team? You mean no pros? Yeah, well they have they had they ended up having um two two pros. So Sean Wyatt okay. and Brett Messer. Oh yeah, this. yeah. Brent does live in Maine. Yeah. I still gotta hit him up. Now would be a perfect time. I'm supposed to go up to Maine over Labor Day weekend, um, to Acadia National Park, but me and my girlfriend called up there to get a campsite and they're like, Oh, you need to, you need to bring a COVID test that says within 72 hours, you don't have COVID or you have to quarantine for 14 days. And I'm like, all right, well we can't quarantine for 14 days. Like we'd have to get a test, but it's like, is it really worth it to go? Like, is anyone checking that first off? Like, cause we're going to a campsite. Second off, is it worth it to go get a test just to go to the park? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm kind of in a, I don't know if we're actually going to get up to Maine or not next weekend now. Oh man, that's wild! Or, yeah, Maine, Maine's weeks. one of the, I guess, the more serious states about about this. Well, make it makes sense. They have no anyway. people. They don't have Corona, and the only people that have Corona are people that have come to Maine and have brought it there. Yeah. So I guess I get it. Dude, we just we're just living in a wild time right now. Yeah, it's the wild west. So it's, technically, I was supposed to quarantine for fourteen days when I got back from Ohio. Um, but nobody checked it. We just drove right over the border into Massachusetts. Nobody checks. We quarantined for about three days. But I have I have five roommates here in Massachusetts. So it's me, my girlfriend, and five roommates. Yeah. We're living pretty cheap down here in Brighton. <laughs> and it's like it I can't make these people quarantine. Like they're in the same house as me. Like 
the quarantine, the rules that Massachusetts, I don't know. How, who's going to enforce that? What's the point of even having the rule? It is tough because it's like, part of it's like, we don't know really how bad it is. You don't know really how, like, it could be worse than it really is. It could be better than it really is. It's kind of like in the middle. It's just like media brings it both ways. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I'm a really responsible human being, so I know what I'm doing is safe. But then sometimes you can't trust other people out there, so it's like hard. So they just kind of like just blanket certain rules everywhere. But also, yeah, yeah, same thing. They're not really necessarily enforcing it either. So it's like, why do we have these rules? Yeah, like yeah, gonna, they seem to gonna half-ass it. You're not gonna really know what's what you what's do what's right or wrong. Man, that's my biggest problem with this whole thing is I feel like we just completely half-assed everything. Yeah, it doesn't make like. So this is the example I always give, but I was on a JetBlue fr- flight. I think I was going to a paintball turn. I was going to like the Louisville Asylum open event in the MSXL. And they would sell me coffee in the lobby of the airport, but they wouldn't sell me coffee on the plane. And I'm like, what the heck is the difference? A coffee's a coffee. A stranger's handing it to me regardless. Like you're telling me this Dunkin' Donuts employee got tested for COVID, but the flight attendant didn't? No, neither of them did. It's a completely random chance. I want to buy a coffee. Just let me buy a coffee. Like, why? Why can I buy it ten feet, you know, to the left, but ten feet to the right? I can't. Yeah. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It is like the rules where it's like you can wear a mask going in, or you have to wear a mask going in until you sit down. But once you take, once you sit down, you can take your mask off. It's like, dude. It, all right, are we opening the restaurants or not? Either let people not wear masks or close all the restaurants. You know, like we're the half assery is drove me up a wall with the inconsistencies. So yeah. I don't know what's right or wrong. I didn't say make it consistent. <laughs> yeah. Cause my thing too, is like I, I work in a company where we had people that tested and got COVID and got really sick actually. And we're at like full capacity now. So what we did, we took a lot of measures to be safer because we have to work. It's so like kind of like we put like shower curtains up everywhere. We're wearing, gloves all day wearing masks all day we're getting our temperature checks facial scans and all these things we got these apps we got to just like make sure to make sure these people are just answering these questions and all that and then like right full casting out so we were i was in a situation where i was probably most at risk because there's already people in my company that got it and right like no one knew for a while right at first and then like more people got it through a couple weeks into it and then now we're back to normal we haven't had anybody be positive so it's kind of like well I get you had to be safe and everything, but it's like if you're to me, it's like I feel like if your company's able to provide a safe atmosphere, then there's no reason why you should not be able to work. At the same time, like um, places that has a lot of customer service, like restaurants and bars, those I can understand more so being being closed. Like with my company, it's like hey, we just we we're the same people going in and out, so we can like regulate that. So we should be able to work. I mean. When it all happened, there was a, a car wash I usually go to. They were closed, but it's an automatic car wash. I don't see any people. Oh my gosh. So why is that like not operating? So if anything, I'd be like, instead of all the stimulus check going to like everybody, I don't need a, like, I don't need a stimulus check. I can work. Why don't you save some, give more of that money to places that need it that can't work, and let people that can't work work. Yeah, like automated car washes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like two people run and they don't come in contact with people ever yeah yeah it's it's just it's almost hypocrisy like what they've done um and the measures they've taken they don't make any sense but 
I understand measures, I guess, had to be taken, but. But I think it's so I think it's real in the sense that um, like early on, like um, we hear like people dying, especially like in uh, Washington at first, like a, yeah. at like um, a nursing home and everything, like a bunch of people passed away really quickly. And it's like, well, yeah, the flu doesn't really do that. So like people don't just like pass away like in a giant bunch. And yes, they're like at risk, but it's kind of like other sicknesses don't just wipe out people pretty quickly like that. And because people are filling up in the hospital, so people are getting sick. So like where the hospitals early on were like getting overloaded, they're getting taxed a lot. So it's like, well, this is like serious in that sense that it's serious. It's like it's if something happens to you and you're immunocompromised, it affects you more. So like there's there's something to it. At the same time, I think the measures they take where they blanket over everyone, it's like it's tough. Yeah, it definitely is tough. And uh, I don't, the problem that I have with it is I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. So if you look at what's happened in Europe just today, you know, they've canceled the event because of an uptick in cases. Well, we have, you know, cancer has been around for a long time. The flu has been around for a long time. We don't have straight up cures for these things. We have treatments that, yeah, you can recover from cancer, but it's not 100%. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can recover from the flu. Most people do, but it's not 100%. So are we ever going to fully get rid of the mask? Like, are, is the mask just a normal day part of society now? Are we always going to have to wear that? Because the coronavirus will never be gone. It'll just be treatable, but it won't be treatable 100% of the time for everybody. You know, it's just, that's life. Like, things are not 100% no matter what you're doing. Yeah, and to me too, it's like, you know what? It's like, that's how, with society, how it is, it's kind of like, we, there has to be a point where we kind of move on and see what happens because we can't like just be in a shell forever. But at the same time, as there's just more people in the world, you have to have more restrictions because there's just there's more people, so more things can happen, right? So like I mean, whatever. When I was younger, when I was like a little kid, it's like it's not like you like had to wear seatbelts all the time. Now we always have to wear a seatbelt when you yeah when you're driving around, right? But I don't get an accident, so the seatbelt's really not doing anything for me, right? So that's kind of like the mess. But if it saves a life, even though there's such a small percentage of something happened where like I would need a seatbelt or someone else needs a seatbelt and gets an accident, right? That would save their life. That like tiny little percentage is kind of like like the government's side, like that, that's worth doing. So we all wear seatbelts and I'm sure everyone complained about it when we had to, it was all mandatory at first and then no one thinks of anything anymore. And the mask thing could be the same thing where you just kind of, you know, protects the very few but it is what it is because that's what you want to do yeah i mean i was just in japan um in november of 2019 which is weird you have to set a date for things now so people don't think you're traveling during coronavirus but november 2019 pre-covid i was in japan and they just wear masks over there just because like if they're sick you know and you're in asia you just wear a mask that's just the culture um the culture here though in america is you know we have we have freedom of personal choice which People are scared of that being eroded away. And I, you know, I agree with that. You don't want your personal choice to be eroded away because with the freedom, you know, not every choice you make, is going to be a good decision, but you're at least free to make that decision. If everyone made good decisions all the time, well, the world would be a utopia. We don't do that as people where we make errors all the time with all of our choices. So it's, it's hard to say. It's like, you know, I think you should be allowed to make a personal choice kind of on a lot of different issues i you know find myself pretty libertarian like basically anything you do you should be able to choose how you do it 
And then there's the government that's like, well, maybe I'm going to impose this on you. It'll save more people or it'll help more people. It's just a weird gray area, I guess. Yeah. And some things they do right and some things they do wrong because it's hard. Because, yeah. like, it's like, as far as America's concerned, I feel like every state is like its own little country. Like, they have a yeah. different type of population, a different just infrastructure of how like, they do things. Well, we like, all have different amounts of people, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Wyoming's got like 500,000 people. They're not going to be the same as like New York's like New York has like over like whatever 10 million right I don't know what they have yeah oh yeah it's way more or to New York City has like 10 million people like even within New York northern uh, upstate New York is completely different from New York City that's like basically that's like oh, a different yeah. country in itself yeah so it's, it's hard to like, there. it's hard to be like the rules apply for everyone when you, it really doesn't affect everyone yeah. Yeah. I went to Moab, Utah this year, like the height of COVID. We went to Moab for a bachelor party because we had, we had a plan and the airlines didn't cancel it. The Airbnbs didn't cancel. And uh, we get there and people are not wearing masks in Utah because there's so few people. But Moab is a tourist town. That's where people come to go to the national parks. And even the people in business, like the restaurants were doing it, but like, I'm not going to say any specific places. Not that anyone listens to this, but I just don't want anyone in trouble. But th- there were employees just not wearing masks. They're like, what are we going to do? We're a tourist town. If we're not open to tourism, we're all going to go out of business. And then where are we going to work? Because this small town of Moab, it's in a mountain range and there is nothing near it for hours. Mm-hmm. Just it's crazy. So it's like, what well, you can't, how are you going to legislate these people out of work? Where are they going to go? There's nowhere around here for these people to go. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just and it's just an unprecedented time. No one has the right answer. Everybody's got an idea. No one knows what's right. We're just yeah, kinda, everyone, everyone's just winging it. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Neil, and um, he was saying that in Belgium, you know, they just closed the borders. He's like, "Why can't Florida just do that?" And it's like, "Well, man, America's not like Belgium. In Belgium, you probably have a lot more control because it's much smaller. We're here in America. You can just drive across state lines, and there's zero regulation. There's nobody checking your shit. That's how I drove into Massachusetts from Ohio. You know, it's it's a red state or whatever on the on the color map. It's a dangerous state, but there's nobody in Massachusetts checking me or my girlfriend or the people we live with. There's no way to track it. And I, I mean, when like say like with Belgium, right? Like if you're going country to country in Europe, and like it's like way small in America. They probably have specific access points in each country, so you have to go. You get funneled in somewhere because you got to go through immigration. Yep. Yeah, that's kind like, of the way Neil explained it. He was yeah. like, "I can't go see my parents two hours away in France because of the the border." But it's like here we don't have that. Yeah, we have like there's a million ways to get to each different state, so it'd be hard pressed to try to stop everyone from getting in because there's so many different routes to get in. Yeah, it, it'd be literally impossible. It's yeah, it's too much. I mean, it's uh just today I do um. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube now because I'm working from home. My whole office went home in like March. Uh, about two weeks after Vegas, we were all sent home and I haven't been back since. So I watch a ton of YouTube while I work. I have my dual monitors. And uh, John Oliver today, the HBO guy of last week tonight, put out a thing on the border wall. And it's interesting because, we, you know, with all the states, you can just kind of go freely. But they're trying to do that whole border along the south to keep out, um, you know, keep the border from mexico but i don't know how really successful that will be or if that's even really for me personally up in here in new england i don't even think that's a huge issue if an issue at all but trump seems to think it is i mean for that kind of stuff it's kind of like i'm more so like i don't think 
if, if the issue is like an immigration issue, it's kind of like, I don't know if the wall, a wall is the answer or that you're just more strict about the rules that you're, that you already have. The laws that you already have is applying the law. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's another whole, whole big old discussion. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But let's get back to the great state tournament. Cause you have some really big, we have totally veered off course here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting, um, we're getting somewhere where people are going to have real feelings about. <laughs> that's okay, dude. That's all right with me. I mean, this, I like the paintball aspect, but I like talking to all my friends about all the crazy different stuff going on today because it is unprecedented yeah. times. And I think we'll, we'll get into your background too. I mean, I'm it's only eight thirty. I got until at least ten before I pass out in my chair because I'm old and I go to bed early. Oh. But um, oh, no. <laughs> so you were telling me Hello? about some really big plans for the Great State Tournament for next year. How you want to get it incorporated in some other series? So talk to me about this year. What's going on? And then talk to me about what your future plans Hello? are for it. All right. So slight technical difficulty issue I have right now. I live with a bunch of roommates and I don't have the internet completely set up to my liking, but we're going to fix that next week. But we're trying to dive back into paintball here. So Noel, talk to me about the um, tournament this year and what you were trying to do with it next year going forward. So last year we had eight teams. This year right now we have eight teams. Hopefully Pennsylvania can get a team in. Obviously I've talked to you a little bit about that would be great if we got Ohio to come in. But like I said before, it's hard for people to organize group. The most important person on every team is the guy that kind of organizes everything, more important than the players. So you got to find someone that's willing to do all that work. So, but I'm, since I'm more like a, an idea man, I thought it was a good idea to just kind of like this tournament based on like your state. And my goal is after this is that I'd like to work with like uh, with Anthony from Boston Paintball because he's someone that can definitely expand the brand of this and make this like a bigger thing and probably get more people interested because my way of getting people interested is like, hey, I have a friend in Massachusetts. Let me ask him if he wants to run a team. I have a friend here, right? And then at some point, I was like, I don't really have many friends after after these couple of people. So I need someone that has a better reach. And at the same time, the way he promotes things, the way he cares about paintball, he can just at least make it more interesting, um, more accessible to people, I think. Because in the end, I'd like more teams to participate. And I'd like to open up. So there's an open division. And I'd like to like say do a D3 division and do something like an under 16. Oh, that's like cool. five me or something like that. So like, cause I just, it's just, uh, I think it's a fun idea and I think people are interested in it. Right. It's just, right. it's just something different. It's something a little bit different than everything else. It's the same game, but it's applied a little differently because you have to get people from your state. I mean, in the end, I'd like the NXL to take it over maybe like every year, maybe on like a, an event where they don't get a lot of teams, they run a state tour and national one. And like, you already have a bunch of people coming there already. You can maybe do it a day early or something like that and just, run the tournament and have way more states involved because there's only so many you can have at an event for like locally. Yeah. Right. I mean, tends like my cap probably to like make sure there's enough time in the day and to do it for one day anyways. And that's probably the most amount of work I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> what gave you kind of the idea to start this? Um, Cause last year, you know, there was no Corona full swing. Um, paintball so what was uh what was kind of the motivation behind this well i'm just always like into paintball so i'm like at the field like almost like many weekends 
It's like almost every week I'm at the field. I don't, I could not have paintball and be like perfectly fine, but I just like it. So I just like think of, think of things that are interesting and fun because something okay. that I, something I'd want to do. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is, this is just an idea that I thought was good. And at the same time, um, Anthony doing his team USA stuff and how there's like the, also the nation's cup in, uh, at the, um, NXL Europe. Right. So I was like, well, America do could do their own like nation's cup and just do it by state. Cause there's enough people playing in America to do this. That's right? a great thought. So you, is your goal to kind of expand this to the whole country then? I hope it's someone else's goal. Cause I don't, I don't want to be the one that does it. I, I was like, yeah. I, I just started off as like, let me just try to do new England. Let's get five or six teams. Let's see if I can do that. And then Henry reached out to me about it when I told him about it. He's like, Oh, we'll get a Maryland team to drive up. I was like, that's it's kind of a far drive, but yeah, go for it. I mean, they drove here. I played at Fox four last year um, against those rival guys and uh, Omar drove up. Um, I don't know. I think the rest of them flew, but who, I don't even know who all is in Maryland other than a couple of those rebel guys. Yeah, but I mean, like, like I said, I, I figured like for a one day little tournament that has like I have no prizes either. We give a championship belt for the prize because I want to make it to like the people are playing are playing for the right reason. So we're not trying to like once the money gets involved, even as little money as there is in paintball for prizes, it changes how people think about things. Yeah. So I want like kind of like the uh, the essence of the game to be like more like it's more fun, more fun than like serious. I guess it's still serious because everyone's competitive and the people playing right. are competitive and they're just as competitive as are playing this versus anything else. But like, once you get money involved, people try to probably like go around the rules a little more about things. They, it just changes everything. The way they care about it is different. They're not just playing it just to play, like just to compete. Yeah. But now they're like trying to really win something. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, yeah, I think it's a really cool concept and I'm really excited to, um, to play in this event, you know, just because I've never really played on the same team as max or eddie uh or you know benny um you know we played against each other in practices and stuff and uh i played on the same line as harrison in practice but never in a, like a really competitive sense and this affords you the opportunity and like that's what happens to a lot of people like in this right now it's like they just a bunch of kind of people that know each other but haven't really got to play each other because they play on different teams now they're they're playing each other on team and same thing it's like it's a blind layout so like you're going into it it's not like anyone's going to prepare more than the other person. You don't even have to prepare. You got a day to walk the field and then you're going to play the next day. Nice. So anything so can a, happen. There's yeah, more, like, more randomness. It's on a Sunday, right? Yeah. I probably won't even drive down to walk the field. That's, I mean, unless people want to practice on the day before. No, no, no. You won't be able to play the field. You'll be able to walk okay. it. Like I'll set it up in the, like early in the day so you can walk in the middle of the day and then I'll post a layout like in the afternoon. But you definitely won't be able to play it because that's kind of like – I so that's why I kind of like um seven man like games like seven man ten man where you play like you don't play like this full match because it affords people to have a better chance because there's more randomness more luck involved and it's not necessarily more fair but there's only so many people playing paintball so if you want just more people to play then it, you have to have some luck involved you have the people that shouldn't have a chance to win should have a chance to win and I kind of like that. So that's why I like the blind layouts. And at the same time, um, you find out like how fast people can learn something, like on learn a new field or like whoever figures it out first, right, has a better chance of winning. And doesn't that mean it's gonna be the best players that figure it out first? So it just gives people more of a chance. 
That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, let's kind of segue into that, into your, into your playing career. So a lot of people might not know, but you coached Upton 187 crew and pro. Um, how did you get into the sport? How long have you been playing? Kind of take me through your career a little bit. Um, I think I just got randomly into paintball because I think a friend of mine in high school had a paintball gun and then he just kind of shoot in the woods and then kind of rallied the rest of us. Then someone else got a paintball gun. Then someone else got a paintball gun. So I, I, I didn't get the, the normal, like I went to a birthday party and started playing paintball. I was more just like, oh man, like John has a paintball gun. Let's all get some paintball guns and play in the woods. And then we like did it ourselves. That's pretty cool. That's an abnormal story because I, I was just telling <laughs> Dave, like nine out of 10 people are like um, birthday parties. Yeah, so that, that's like how like everyone gets into it. But I was just like, I don't know if he got into it from a birthday party, but he just had one and he'd like shoot us in the woods with it and we'd like have no mask. We were idiots. Jeez. We were like in high school, right? So like, we, we didn't even know any better. My first gun, I didn't realize until I went to a pay. I had a 68 carbine Titman. Until I went to Boston Paintball, my first, like for like a year I played in the woods with my friends. Went to Boston Paintball and saw my gun was like shooting like 500 feet per second because we didn't crony our guns. We, we, we didn't have cronies. I was like, yeah, right. I, I didn't even know if that was fast or not. And they're just like, you got to turn that like all the way down. That That's really dangerous. It's like, oh, really? It's like, I bet we were all like that. <laughs> you probably were. Probably yeah. all you guys were out there shooting 500 like, feet per second. Who could who could know? Yeah. Unless you go to I a mean, regulated field. It's a wild west back then. Um, yeah. So was Boston Paintball your first ever actual field experience? Um. Yeah, it was. So this Boston Paintball was, um, you know where the garden is in Boston? It's like, like where the Celtics the, play? Yeah. So yeah. literally across the street, they had an indoor field. I feel like it was like on like the sixth floor of like a building. And you had to like go up these rickety stairs or the scary elevator. That like the, I feel like the building was dilapidated. I can't even remember. It was like a gross building. And when you got in there, like the field was like pitch black. And there's just sawdust all across the ground. It was like just a miserable, gross field to play on. It was scary. It was dark. At the end of the, <laughs> at the at the end of every day, they did uh, every man for himself. They just like let's say there's like thirty people there. They just put you in different parts of the field, and they just like go, and then it'd just be anarchy. Jeez, that's just wild. <laughs> but that was first. They were they were literally across from the the Boston Garden. It was a fleet center then. Damn, that was my first time. Cool. I think yeah. at a paintball field. That's so awesome. Other, yeah, other than that, we played in the woods for a year. I was in high school. I was like a senior. And we learned about paintball tournaments. We played like a three man. My friends like, oh, they do like they do paintball tournaments. I guess I was like, oh, you want know, to just let's see what that's all about. We go there. This is at Canopy Paintball in in my town, Salem, New Hampshire. And then when we get there, we're like, what is all this stuff? It's like we thought we were going in the woods. And there's like there's some there's like an airball field, and then there's like a hyperball field, and there's like something else I can't remember. Yeah. And we're like, what did we get ourselves into? What is this? We ended up coming in second place at the tournament. Jeez. Without even knowing what speedball is. But we got second place because um, back then, so three men, you play, let's say you play like six prelim games, and then you get tossed into the finals, which is like they take the top four teams. They each play one game against each other, round robin. I don't know if you were involved in paintball when they did it like that. Yeah, I thought round robin was a great system. Well, that was five-man days. We do round robin. Yeah. Probably a lot less teams. Yeah, same like that. So, um. Well, uh, for first and second, we basically like one or two games. The other, some other team won their two games, and we played against each other. And my friend shot some kid in the dick, Ooh. and then he saw the kid go down. He's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" Start so running over to him. He gets ripped apart. I stand up. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like that kid's hurt. I get ripped apart. 
and at the end of the game, like, I mean, then they end up like winning, right? There's one more dude on our team. He gets shot out. I'm like, right. what the hell is that? Your friends hurt. And like, I was like, oh, this is, this is what people do at paintball. They're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't know because we didn't know what tournament paintball was. So that's like how right. I got started in that. Second place ain't bad. So then you progress from there. Um, I know you're probably most known for, you know, you like, I know you through wreckage mostly and, uh, and those guys, but can I take me through your tournament history? Um, so yeah, so that was our first tournament. It was like near the end of the year. So that was like, Oh, three, like let's say end of, end of the year. Oh, three. There's just like some tournament at the end of the year. The next year, all my friends stopped playing paintball. So I was like, all right, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Cause I'm, I like this tournament stuff now. So I go on like online, go on like, Find find what paintball forums are. I ended up finding a team that needed a player. They ended up being down at Fox Four, so that's okay. like an hour drive away. So I don't know where I'm going. I get down there. I actually get lost. Like I, there's like a street. So there's another field next to Fox Four Friendly Fire. They're they're like connected. They share the same woods. Like so, like if you go off one property, you can walk to the other field. They're like they're they're right next to each other. So I went off. Oh, I was supposed to go to Friendly Fire. Sorry, I was supposed to go to Friendly Fire and meet this group. I ended up going to Fox Four. I think it's the right field because I mean I would not think there's more than one field in any area. Right. Yeah. And I pretty much go there. There's this guy Gary Smith. That's like, what are you doing here? It's like, uh, I'm here to meet a team to play paintball. He's like, feels cold right now. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, oh <laughs> whoa, what the hell is that? So I leave. I was like, that was fucked up. And I found out I was at the wrong field. And up at the right one. I don't, know what, I don't know what brought me back to... Oh, the other team at Friendly Fire didn't need anyone anymore. Or they didn't want me. I can't remember now. But I found a team at Fox where I ended up going back there. I met Dave Painter. And that's kind of it. Once I met him, like, he's just... Like, you've talked to him. People know him. He does anything for everyone. Right? And then I just ended up... Oh, this guy's really nice. And I played on the Team Chaos. Played five-man there. We did well. Got to know Dave more. He invited our guys to play. So my first national says so this 04. So we played his tournament series that year. Then we played my first national was World Cup 04. Oh, nice. So I was playing five minute chaos. Dave invited our guys to play with one of his 10 man teams. So he had Dark Side was one team. Then DEP was this like secondary team that was gonna play like the rookie level. And he let us like play on that. So my first national was World Cup, and I played five man and ten man. It was like the last year of ten man as it as it was then. It was like that because like X ball was just taking over. So I was like, that was like the last ten man event. That that like that stuff was fun. Once you got the World Cup back then was huge. It was like it was absurd. It was at Disney's Worldwide of Sports still, and you couldn't. You wouldn't be able to go to like all the vendors within the weekend if you just were there just to like really? check out booths. You wouldn't have enough time to check out everything for like, and it started like on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. It might have started on a Tuesday. Jeez. Yeah. So you need a whole week's vacation to go to World Cup. Oh yeah, definitely. If you're trying to do everything, that's crazy. Actually, you know what's wild about that? So we play. So Dave has dark side team. I played on that second team. Um. And then you know how it is in your paintball, people pulling pranks, everyone's just messing around and everything like that. Yeah. There's one day we get back to, my team gets back to our house. There's paintballs filled up to the brim in our toilet. Our furniture is in the pool. Oh my like our God. kitchen furniture is in the pool. It looks like 
So the dark side guys did this. It looks like someone tried to do something to the fridge. They ended up disconnecting something. So there's water pouring all out of the fridge. And they're like, what the fuck's going on here? It's like, oh, people like to like to mess around, huh? So I was like, all right, I guess we're like, we got prank wars going on. So I go to their house, like in the middle of the night. I pour honey all over Dave's van. Oh my God. And then I put like, and I put like bread all over the windows and everything like that. And I was like, all right, we're, we're doing this right now. So then like the next day or something, Dave comes to our house, just starts screaming at all of us, like top of his lungs, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It's like, I had to wake up at 4 a.m. and pick Schiller up from the airport. There's honey all over my van. <laughs> I was like, I thought we were pulling pranks. You guys broke our fridge. <laughs> it seemed fair. It but, does uh, seem pretty fair. I mean, it's not like you broke the car. Yeah, but once you go after Dave, it's personal. It's always personal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to do these nice things for you. And he's not part of the pranks. That's a thing. So okay. it's not fair to him. Yeah. <laughs> so I went after the wrong guy. But, um, I mean, that Dave's just like the nicest person you could ever meet ever. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my first year of World Cup. Um, after that, I played some seven-man. Um, didn't really get involved with 27, so I played with them at the field and stuff like that, practicing against them. But like other teams, I played on Chaos, my seven man team, uh, team I joined in seven man Armageddon, and then kind of just knew a bunch of the guys, and we just played against each other. And every time, and they were always like the better team, right? So, oh, 2008, uh, Brian Feinberg on Armageddon, he's like, oh, there's this team in upstate New York, Plasma Negligence. They're they're doing this thing X ball. We never, none of us ever played X ball before. So he has like guys on our, our team Armageddon to it's like, hey, they need some players to fill out that line. And they said they'll kind of like take care of us. Cause I kind of he like gave them like kind of like a resume of playing. It's like, oh, they're it's like their B team and they could use like solid players because they're trying to if you won that league, you'd win a spot to the AXBL, which is like the higher division, the open league. Okay. So it's like, oh yeah, let's do that. And then he grabbed we grabbed a bunch of guys from like 27 also. Um and that's how we all kind of started playing together, playing X Ball. They were playing Armageddon was playing D2 7 at the time, and 27 was playing D1, I think. But anyways, we were playing this league, MXL, X-Ball. We ended up winning that division, so we earned that spot to the AXBL. Then we continued to play the next year, playing in the Open Division. Came in second place to the Philly All-Americans. And then, I don't know if you talked this about Dave. I did listen to this to the the podcast or before, but um, the T Wayne almost broke up after that AXBL season. Oh, really? So I like, did not know that. He didn't, he didn't mention that part. Yeah. So like the history of like Wayne Seven Two is like when they played D three Seven Man, like every time every event like nationally they're like number one seed coming on prelims, number one seed coming on prelims, like every single event eight and zero, eight and zero, eight and zero, and then they just and then they'd immediately lose in the playoffs. Then it's lose, lose, lose. So, like, they never – they're always, like, this really good team that could never, like, cut it. D2, um, same thing. Uh, whatever they did was always, like, a top four finish. Always top four finish, never won. So, they ended up, like, winning the series but not winning an event. Like, always, like, kind of, like, second, third, fourth place every single right. event. D1, same kind of deal but maybe, like, a little bit worse. Then we played, like, that MXL year, played X-Ball. Got together, played X Ball as one eight seven crew. So I joined one eight seven crew when we played that open. When we won that spot, we took over that team because they had they had issues where the uh, the MXL team that we joined in uh, New York they had issues because their owner. So we didn't know their players were paying for us. So he just like hiked up their fees oh, to really? pay for us. We just thought 
he was paying like for our, some of our stuff. So he had them pay for that. And he was also selling, like, let's say, like, selling whatever, some gun, I don't know, paintball gun to them, but never giving them the guns and just keeping the money. So he was just, like, embezzling his money or whatever. Jesus. Yeah, so it was, like, a whole shady situation. So by the end, near the end, like, they all, like, quit. And he had, like, they all quit because he was just stealing their money. And then Dave ended up taking over the team. He's like, hey, I'll, I don't know if he, like, just, like, I'll give you $1,000 for the team because we're probably going to win this division and then get that spot, which gives us, like, free entrance for the year. So they did that. So then after that, we took over, changed it to my seven crew. All the guys at Armageddon and kind of went merged into the 187 crew. So 278 teams became one X Ball team. We like crushed it. So like I don't know if you ever played full X Ball matches where it's like 15 uh, minutes, 15 balls a I second. I did in college, but it was I think two ten and a halves. There's yeah, like, so like X Ball rules. Yeah, this was like 50 minutes, two halves, two 25 minute halves, 15 balls a second, and we, I would never say like we were, I never thought we always had like the best players, but we were always the most organized and we just like, we'd have games where like, it's like 22 to three, 22 to two, Jesus. something like that. So we were like crushing people, except for like the best teams, which was like Rhythm and like Arsenal or something like the time where we'd have like a one point match. But that stuff was like crazy. So then after that year, yeah, we were deciding what we had to do because I think MPPL was either folding or changing and PSP was starting to turn to be the better league of the two. Why do you think they got away from that X-Ball format? Uh, AXBL? Or? Yeah, well, the 25-minute tw- halves. Why do you think oh. that they got away from that? Because that's I th- when I played college X-Ball, it was 10-minute halves. That I thought was the most fun. Why do you uh, think they got away from that? I mean, probably money. Like, it, Not only does it like cost a lot to do that, but also like you need a lot of players. You need like 15 guys to kind of like anywhere from like where 12 to 15 guys to kind of do it because of how long it was and just – yeah. And probably they weren't having enough teams to play it because it takes so long for each match that you can only have so many teams on a field, is my guess. So if you lower the time, right? You lower the time, you lower the – take out the mercy, bring it down to like seven or something like that. You can get more teams per field. And a lot of times, like I said, we were playing teams. We were beating them like 22 to 2. There's a point where like, well, these guys aren't coming back. <laughs> like so. Right. Yeah. Why, continue, why continue this? Right? So they probably thought like – and then like it's like, hey, we got to find a number that's – more suitable where people are just getting blown out wasting money and they have no chance of coming back. I mean, I, I don't know exactly. That seems like the, the best case because most a lot of money comes from entry. So more teams means more money. So just keep shortening everything down. Yeah, so you find sense. like a good point. But um, yeah, so team actually almost broke up because we did. Nobody knew exactly what like they wanted to do. So there was a point where um, the Hurricanes were doing a tryout, and people were like, hey, they're going to do, like, D1 X-Ball. We should do that. And then some people were just, like, some people were pissed off. Like, there was, like, internal stuff. Let's say, like, uh, specifically, like, uh, Max Trailer, right? Yeah. He was someone, like, so we um AXBL year playing X-Ball. Like, we'd be pra- every time we practice, like, maybe, like, Max came late all the time. Max skips practice. <laughs> this and that, right? So he right. was like, dude, we're so sick of your shit. You like you come late, you're drunk all the time because I mean we're all like everyone's like in college and everything, right? It's like, but we're trying to do well, so like we're gonna cut you. So you're just off the team. We don't want to deal with that shit. We think we're gonna be good. You are like our best player, but we we want to be like a decent team. Versus then some people were like, hey, I want to Hurricanes because there's a chance to go pro because they're gonna probably be a good team. They'll play D1 X ball and go pro. It's kind of like why continue with 187? There's like lots of little like. 
little things people are thinking of because like a lot of people, some people want to take it more serious. Some people didn't want to take it serious. So it's kind of like, right. oh, team, team might just dissolve. And then randomly we had, uh, I think Dave made us have a meeting just like to sort it all out, see what everyone's thinking because everyone just had like their own little ideas, but no one's discussing it with each other. So we had like some meeting, let's say before Christmas, like right before Christmas. We're like, hey, what do you guys want to do? And it's like, well, the Hurricanes, they want to do a tryout and do D1. It's like, well, well, if people want to be serious, let's let's do this then. So we discussed it. It's like, all right, let's maybe we'll play D1 X-Ball and PSP if everyone wants to do this. And then I was actually the one that was like, why don't we do D2 X-Ball? Because honestly, none of us has ever won a national tournament. We've come close, but we never win. So let's. we're not ranked in the PSP at all. None of us have played it. We're all playing seven man, so we have no ranking in it. It's like it's so hard for a team to stay together as it is. Like, I mean, we were breaking up. We were a good team. <laughs> like, we came second place in this X Ball thing. Like that, the one seven guys were all consistently like they won the D two series at one point in seven man. It's like it's hard enough to keep this team together right now. If we play D one and be competitive, which we all thought we could be, but we didn't. Like, let's say like we're like we we're middle of the pack. Maybe yeah. the team dissolves anyways, right? So I was kind of like, why don't we play D2 and even see if we can win D2? Maybe we're not even good enough for D2. Maybe we like we think we're like the shit, but we're really not. So let's play one event D2 and figure and see if we even do that. And, and then we'll figure out from there. Um at that point, actually, so like we we cut Max. Because <laughs> I didn't know that. Because so he was just he was like super selfish. But from that point on, like he's like, hey, I'll I'll change. I'm sorry. And kind of like, you know, you hear that. It's like, are people really gonna change? Right. He was a dude now where he was like driving or taking a bus from New York as a school and or work, whatever. And he would take a bus here. He'd be like first person at the field. He was never late for like the next two years ever for a practice. And he was taking like a bus from New York and everyone else like goes around mass. That's pretty impressive. So he changed. So he changed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, it was surprising, but that's, that's how much he cared about playing with his boys. But, um, so from that point on, when we decided, Hey, let's try to play D2 and there's an event coming up. Um, wherever the first event of PSP was, like somewhere in the West Coast, we were like, "All right, well, this event's coming up. We got to decide if we're going to play. Maybe it was like Arizona or something." Okay. Um, we're like, "Well, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Let's not just jump to an event, spend a shit ton of money, and like not know what we're getting ourselves into. Let's just let's make let's practice and try to be as prepared as we can. Let's skip the first event. It is what it is, because there's nothing to win at the end of the series. So let's just try to get a good event in." Cause it's not like if you win D2, you go pro. There's, right. like, there's nothing to like really be gained. So the second we decided that, we're like, well, make sure we're prepared for the second tournament. So from that point, we're like, all right, the weekend after New Year's, we're, we're playing paintball. And from that point on, we played Saturdays, Sundays, like just about every single weekend leading up to the next event. Like Saturdays and Sundays just doubles every single time. So and it was like a terrible blizzard year. So we were just blowing off the field every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday. We got to snowblow the field. We don't have airball bunkers. We have like a half a five-man field we got to work with because it's a tiny little little field we had because we didn't want to blow off the big field. So we were just playing with little like jersey berries. We had plastic jersey berries we had around like um, uh, the the pallets that you'd use for like paint as bunkers and like little hyperball things and just do like drills, like five on five on like half a five-man field. Damn. We drill, we do one ball drills, all that. We just drill, drill, drill. Saturday, Sundays, we do like little scrimmages, drill, 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 just every single weekend. Like, I don't, there's no way anyone is more serious than us, even like in the pros at that point. 
So then, I don't know if it was Chicago or MAO was the next event. We play that. We won. First time any of us have won a national tournament. I think I think that whole year we didn't we didn't lose against a single team except for one team, Dallas Roots, who we lost in overtime because we went off the wrong buzzer. We want some other oh, field's damn. buzzer. And then other than that, we didn't lose a single event because we won that first event. And then we're like, you know what? Do we really want to move to D1? Has anyone ever does, do people re- win two tournaments in a row? Is that something people do? We can try to win two tournaments in a row, see what happens. We do that, win another tournament. And then comes the next, the third one, World Cup. We won that one too. We're like, we just won three tournaments in a row, and we've never won a tournament before that. And you know what? That actually, that it was probably a better choice in that sense because not only did we learn to win, we got, I think, a better sponsorship deal because of that. We're a winning team. Versus yeah. like if we were playing D1 and not winning, like maybe like Planet Eclipse wouldn't give us like a better deal for the next year or something like that. Yeah, no one knows who you are. Yes. You're not Dude, even um so the way we operate too, we were like we we were insulated. We like were in a bubble. So like we had like our ten guys that we were friends with and like we didn't really scrimmage other teams. We kind of practiced ourselves a lot, even like during the like the the good days, whatever, like the summer days and all that stuff. We just like would right. just do tons of three on two drills, always just three on two drills all the time. We ran suicides during the day. Like at the end of the day we'd run suicides and play like a one minute point to like kind of get the exhaustion up more. It was serious. And this is all like Nick Laval's doing. Damn. I don't know if you ever talked to Nick Laval, but he I was, really know. He, he's the, he was the, he was the guy. He made everyone stay in shape, made everyone work hard. He pushed everyone. He was like the, as far as like a player, the sole reason like people got good on that team. Like he pushed everyone. Well, I'm going to hit him up and I'm going to use that exact quote. Nick Laval heard you're the sole, sole reason people in Massachusetts got good at paintball. Now you're an impact. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it was Dave Painter because no matter you need, you need you need the support, you need someone to support you, and so Dave Painter did that. And then there's Nick Laval that like pushed the players after that. Right. Dave Dave kept everyone accountable, and they kept everyone accountable. Yeah, and then we got to D one, came second place the first event, came fourth place the next event, and first first after that, and then won our pro spot. Right. But I got into. So I started coaching a team like halfway through D1, okay. actually, because D2, I broke my ankle playing playing a winter tournament. So I was out for like half the year. And like I always had like ankle problems like throughout the whole year. And even like when we played D1, like because I had bad ankle problems with a broken ankle, it, it messed up my other ankle. And then I was like a, I was like a middling player. So I wasn't like any of the best guys. I wasn't like any of the worst guys. I was kind of like in the middle. So, like, we as a team kind of talked, like, you know what? I'm here to help the team out. If it's better that, like, I get less off Nick's shoulders, like, because Nick did, like, the coaching and every, he did playing the coach. He did everything. Like, so we talked about it and, like, I would help out and start doing the coaching. Because, honestly, it's like, I was good, but I wasn't the best. So, it's like, I was, an, like, an adult. Like, I, I was mentally stable and everything. I could, like, handle the situation. So, I was like, you know, let me, I could probably help the team more on the sidelines than I could playing. Right. People will step up. And that's what happened, right? So that's when I started coaching in the middle of D1. And I mean, Nick was the real coach regardless. I was there just kind of like stuff off, like help him out more so. And it just kind of continued that way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story. Um, We've been going for about over an hour now. Uh, 
hopefully that first half. I think it'll work out once I get it fixed. But yeah, man, I'm just you know I just want to have you on talk a little bit about the Great State Tournament. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about your background. I know you played. Um, you still play a little bit, but this year you've kind of taken off to coach, and then the season kind of got shut down. Um, but yeah, anyone you want to thank? I think we'll wrap this up here. It's about nine fifteen East Coast time. Uh, usually, give people you know a chance to give their shout outs here. Uh, Paintball wise, I mean Dave Painter. Once again, if anyone's ever met him, you know he's like the greatest person ever. He's the reason I've been involved as long as I have been involved. And why I'll like continue to help him because he's always helped me. He's helped anybody that's ever needed help. So I I start with that dude right there, and then probably, and probably my friends and family who who I never see as much in general because I always kind of choose paintball over them, and that they continue to be my friends and family. That I appreciate that. And then my boys on section eight, who after one eight seven, these are the guys I always want to play with. We're all the same age. They're always the kind of team that was like pretty good team locally. And then the people, the team that would like be good at paintball and just drink and party also. And I was like, all right, those are those are the guys I'm getting with after I'm done with 27. That's who oh, I've yeah. been with. That's who I've been with since. So yeah, I think that's that's enough of them for now. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on, man. No chat, everybody. Thanks, dude.